Welcome to the Vanessa G. Fitcast. If you think eating less is the answer to getting lean, or that you have to choose between having donuts and wine or having a body you love, well then, girl, you are in the right place. Chances are you've fallen victim to diet culture's terrible advice on how to eat and exercise. But don't worry, this podcast is going to bring you actionable information so you can start transforming your body without giving up your life. I'm Vanessa Gillette, founder and head coach of Vanessa G Fitness and Nutrition. This podcast was born from my passion for helping all women create bodies they feel confident in. Thank you for tuning in and trusting me to support and guide you. Now let's do this. Welcome back to the Vanessa G Fitcast. I'm Vanessa Gillette Pozos, and here with me is Omar Pozos. What is up, our VGFN fam? How are you guys doing today? How are you, Ness? I'm I'm feeling good. I feel like my I'm way overdue for a keratin treatment, and I'm like <laughs> looking at my hair in the reflection of the camera right now, and I'm like, oh lord, oh lord, lord. Um, what's also funny too is um, if if you guys are watching on 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 the YouTube, as the kids say, Vanessa's wearing a tank top. I've got a hoodie on, and I'm just like, I'm I'm always cold for some reason. I don't know I what's wrong. I get hot with when I podcast. Like I sweat. <laughs> it's like a nervous thing, but I get I get hot. So you're like, oh my gosh, the people are listening to me. <laughs> you know, you would think after a what 108 episodes that you'd not get nervous anymore for podcast recording. I know. I'm, not, I'm not nervous, but you know, You're I still not, I feel like nervous. when I'm talking and I'm educating, I always just raise my body temperature. <laughs> you get hot, hotter. Yeah. <laughs> um, before we dive in, can you? I we just got back from Salt Lake City. We were out skiing with some friends. Um, but can you kind of you know share a little bit of? Because um, I thought the the lesson that you got from skiing and how everything went over the weekend was so important. Can mm-hmm. you talk a little bit about that and how was your ski uh, experience overall? Well, you know, if you asked me at different points during the trip, you would have gotten very different answers. <laughs> Why is that? So we we arrived in Park City on Friday and we were planning to ski Saturday and Sunday. And on Saturday, you know, I figured, okay, I, I was fortunate enough to have a little bit of ski lessons as a kid. Um, my family did a couple of ski trips when I was really little. Shout out to Kat and Raina. And I was like, oh, I'm definitely just going to pick this back up. You know, I went skiing once in my early 20s back when I worked in advertising. My advertising agency, we did a company ski trip and it was just a one day skiing. And it was just, it was in Oregon, not on a very like, not on like the same types of mountains that you have in Utah and Colorado. And on that trip, I did have, like, I only did a couple of runs and I had a pretty bad wipeout and I did get towed (laughs) down on the thing that carries you where you kind of look like patrol people. Yeah. You kind of look like you're like in a body bag. Like you, you pretty much look dead. Yeah. They like strap you in and then they slide you down on, on, down to the bottom. Yeah. So I think between that accident back like five, six years ago, and then on top of just as a kid having some ski school, like probably some trauma as a kid because I was very introverted and I don't think I liked being put in ski school with a bunch of other children. And I think I might have been carrying a little bit of trauma when I started skiing down um, the greens with you. And we kind of hopped right into it, went right down the greens. And the very first time I think we were going down, I wiped out pretty bad. Yeah, you had a good little wipeout. Yeah, it was it was not great. I honestly thought I might have a concussion there for a minute because I hit my head pretty hard. And I just, right after that, suddenly I just got so nervous. Like I was actually terrified and we still had a good way to go to get down the mountain. And I just was like, started to break down because we did go, well, I guess we did go back up 
I thought it was okay, but then it was the second time down when we approached the same area that I'd wiped out before. I just was a mess. And I I think I just like went up to the side and I just sat down in the snow and I was trying not to cry. I was just doing some deep breathing, just like, I'm not gonna cry, I'm not gonna cry. And then Omar comes over and he's like, is everything okay? And I was like, I think I just didn't <laughs> respond because I'm like, I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to fill my goggles with tears right now. <laughs> and I think I just turned to you and I was like, I don't think I like skiing. Yeah. You're like, babe, I think I'm done. And in my mind, I was like, literally we, we, cause lift tickets aren't cheap. So I was like, we literally just got here. We had probably been maybe half a morning in and I was like, oh no. I was yeah. like, babe, I was like, oh no, I'm so sorry. And, and then. And then you went and had a couple of drinks. Oh, by, yeah. You by know, the, I, just, uh, I found a little area to go sit and drink some wine and I was feeling <laughs> which was good. Fine. But, you know, you really encouraged me. I'm like, hey, don't give up. I think you just need some lessons. Yeah. So I signed up for ski school the next day, kind of swallowed my pride, went back into adult ski school. And I had a great time in ski school, relearning foundations, getting my confidence back up. I even actually felt great because the instructor called me out as being the best one in our class. Wow, look and at that. And so suddenly I'm like, oh, I'm amazing. <laughs> Where was it? Didn't you say the guy's from like Europe somewhere? Yeah, I think he was from... Um, Serbia, I think you said? Mm, that sounds right. I don't remember exactly. But um, he, he was awesome. But then after this ski school was done I was like I am ready I'm excited and I know I you were off skiing with the others so you were like off doing like your blues and blacks and I was like I'm just gonna go down the greens by myself and I went down I took it slow I overcame my fears didn't feel scared at all I did it again picked up a little bit more speed still had no fear and then I met back up with you and then we just skied the rest it. of the day had a great time I know and it was a really good learning lesson for me of like if you feel like you're struggling with something, if you're feeling like you're, you know, quote unquote, falling down, you just need some support. You need some help. You don't have to give up on yourself right away. And I think this is a big metaphor for our health and fitness journeys where a lot of women are like, all right. And I didn't do that on purpose, by the way. I was just genuinely, I, I was curious for you to share the story with, you know, the, the listeners and stuff like that. But I think you're very, you're, you're right on point. Um, where essentially sometimes, like you said, you need a little support, you need a little guidance, you need somebody to encourage you to be like, Hey, you can do this. Like you got this. And then you're like, Oh, I, I can do this. And or then just life to is so much easier. Identify where you're going wrong yep. and refix those foundational things and build your confidence back up. That's what getting expert help does for you. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, it took me swallowing my ego to be like, oh my God, I have to go to ski school while you're out like just crushing the moguls. I don't know, but I think the moguls were crushing me <laughs> because I ate it a couple of times. But I, when I first started and I'd only started a couple of years back, but that was the one thing I did right off the bat. I was like, I'm going to ski school. I'm going to learn from those guys because they're just so good at giving you pointers. Like you said, breaking down the foundation, your technique, how you're moving up and down the mountain. And it just makes the experience so much easier. And ultimately what you're buying is, is you're buying your time back, right? Yep. Because you're only out there for two days. So it's like, are you going to spend 48 hours being miserable or will you spend, I don't know, half a day sucking up your pride and be like, all right, help me so that the next day and a half, you can actually enjoy the things that you're doing. So that's yeah. really what you're doing. That's why I was like, all right, you need to go to school school because one, I want you to have fun. And two, I want to come back and do this again. So <laughs> we got to get it under control here. Yeah. But no, it is, it is a great metaphor for our health and fitness journeys where I think there's a lot of women that are struggling with the thing we're going to talk about today on this podcast. And that is metabolic resistance. So you know, our team, our team of experts and you and I really leading that, we've helped close to a thousand women at this point 
really a thousand women fix that their sounds slow, surreal that's awesome yeah help them fix their slow metabolisms and be able to break through and just find confidence in their body lose body fat add toned muscle and really develop that healthy relationship with food and in this process of working with so many women having so many case studies we've really been able to quickly identify when a woman is dealing with what we call metabolic resistance we also might refer to this as metabolic adaptation we're really referring to the concept of your metabolism slowing down in response to typically under eating, overstress, in response to several different things that can happen. But it basically, it's a protective mechanism in your body where your metabolic capacity, the amount of calories essentially that you can burn, slows down to where you're not able to burn very many calories. You're not able to use the food that you're eating very efficiently. You tend to store food as body fat very, very easily, and you really have trouble burning body fat. And this is a super, super common thing in women. It's becoming more and more and more common, which is why I think our business has blown up so much is because we, since we specialize in this area, I think so many women are recognizing that this is something that they struggle with and that it's the reason why they haven't been able to get results up to this point. And so the best part is before you dive in, like ladies, if you guys are experiencing these things, it's not, you know, your body just getting older. It's not that you're going through different hormonal imbalance. Sure, some of that has to do with it. But the best part is, is you can actually do something to change your metabolism, to speed it up so that you can burn more calories, but without you really having to try so hard. Yeah. So, you know, if you're somebody who maybe has tried some like named diets, I like to say named diets because it's a little bit less offensive than no, saying things name, like name fat diets. Say it. I'll say it. Well, you know, we have like Weight Watchers, yep. you have Optavia, you have Beachbody, you have Keto, you have Paleo. Like these are some of the ones I hear most often. One. But, you know, it's really any diet that has a name is something usually I'm going to call out as you probably were doing something that essentially put you into a low calorie, um, a low calorie diet, a calorie deficit is what it's supposed to be. But for many women who repeatedly time after time go on these diets, your metabolism has slowed way down that it's not even really a calorie deficit for you. It's just a form of stress on your body where you're not giving your body the fuel it needs. We've talked about this multiple times on podcasts, how this, how this happens, but if you go through this process, maybe you do lose weight the first time, maybe even the second time, maybe the third time if you're lucky. But usually after doing these types of diets like for a couple of times, your metabolism adapts to this and it becomes resistant. So you become resistant to weight loss and that is what metabolic resistance is. And if you've done any of these kinds of diets more than once, then I can guarantee with honestly pretty good accuracy if you're struggling to lose weight or if you haven't been able to really keep weight off or you haven't been able to just lose weight any other time you've gone on a diet, then I can probably assume that you have metabolic resistance. And you know, if you haven't done any fad diets before, maybe you're somebody who just you tend to find yourself not very hungry. Maybe you skip meals. Maybe you just like don't eat very much during the day when you're busy. Like you just don't really notice hunger very often. That's also a sign of metabolic resistance. So it doesn't necessarily have to be that like person who's like jumping from fad diet to fad diet. It might just be that you're the type of person that over time you've noticed yourself having less and less of an appetite and you're just notice yourself not eating very much. One of the things that I always get on calls is like, you know, like I ask people like, well, what do you eat for breakfast? They're like, I don't eat breakfast because I'm just not hungry till like 11, 12 o'clock at, 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 during the day. 
So at that point, I'm like, okay. I'm like, so clearly there's something going on there because it's not normal for you to not be hungry until, you know, 12 p.m. during the day or something like that. Yeah. You know, I I had a call, um, a consultation call with a girl yesterday. And I'm telling you, like, I've gotten to the point where I can spot within just a few minutes of a call somebody who is dealing with metabolic resistance based off of just the basic things that they say to me. So, for example, this girl, she expressed that, you know, she's like, well, I'm I'm somebody who, like, I definitely eat better than most people. I eat pretty healthy. Like, I watch my calories. Um, I'm like, oh, how many calories do you eat? She's like, well, my fitness pal put me at 1,300 calories. So that's what I've been eating. I'm like, oh, how long have you been doing that for? For a long time, probably, like, a year, two years, something like that, you know, kind of on and off. And I'm like, okay, and what are you doing for exercise? Oh, I do burn boot camp three to four times a week. And it's right now, like, I'm just, like, checking the boxes in my head of realizing. Like, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, the facts are, then I think I straight up asked her, like, and, you know, how is, has all this worked out for you? Like, what have been your results from this? She's like, well, I've gained weight over the last few years. So you're telling me you're eating 1,300 calories, you're working out three to four times a week in a pretty intense type of boot camp class, and you have gained weight over time. That right there screams metabolic resistance. Mm. And the thing that can be really frustrating for us as coaches is when you have to explain to somebody that that means we have to fix your metabolism first in order for your body to lose fat. And while some people lose fat during the process of fixing their metabolism, some people might even gain a little bit of fat. Like it can happen, but sometimes you have to gain in order to lose. And that's really frustrating for people when, you know, you look at, okay, summer's a few months away. Now you're gonna have all these people that are jumping in like, oh my God, I have to look amazing in my bikini this summer. I need to lose 20 pounds by summer. And they're going to jump into another fat diet. Like maybe, maybe it might work for them, but I guarantee you it's going to end up with worse results. And next year you're going to end up not only gained back that 20 pounds, but you're probably going to end up in a place where now you cannot lose the 20 pounds yeah. and maybe you're gaining even more. And here's the thing. And, and it, because... Everybody, myself included, we're so guilty of wanting everything like so fast, so instant, right? Getting that instant gratification. But think of it this way. Like what's the saying? Like the best time to, to plant a tree was today and, you know, like a year from now or last year or something like that, right? So <laughs> You butcher that. <laughs> it's like today and then a year from, I don't know, whatever. My point being is this, no, The right? best time to plant a tree was a year ago. The second best time is today. Today. There it is. That's what I was trying <laughs> to say. But you said it more elo- eloquently than I did. But my point being is, guys, sure, summer is right around the corner. But is this going to be the last summer in your life? The answer is probably not. Hopefully not, right? So when you zoom out and you're like, okay, I've got, let's say, 50 summers left to live, right? Would you rather take one summer and actually put the right foundation, put in the work, and actually get your metabolism up to where it should be so that the next 50 summers you don't have to deal with this? Or would you rather just deal with it, you know, get get the instant gratification out and have to worry about this stuff over and over and over and over again. And that's what it's so hard to understand because I get it. It's hard. People want that instant gratification. They want to see the results right away. But again, my point being is, you know, if we haven't done it thus far, let's do it now so that we yeah. don't have to worry about this stuff because there's going to be, you know, summer's right around the corner. But after that, we've got, you know, the holidays coming up again. And it's the same cycle over and over. And like, um, I forget who I heard, but it was like, you know, there's always going to be like Timmy's birthday, Trisha's birthday, Cindy's birthday, my mom's birthday, your co-worker's birthday, Zoe's who birthday. Who is Timmy and Trisha and yeah, Cindy? Babe, these are my imaginary friends. <laughs> <laughs> like, are these people I should know about? Um, but my point being is there's always stuff going on. So why wouldn't you just, you know, spend the time 
working on things that's going to get you long-term and sustainable results now, as opposed to foregoing all of these things and, you know, being uncomfortable with your body, you know, talk, having negative self-talk because of the things that you see in the mirror, just being, you know, not the person that you ultimately want to be, right? Yeah. Boom. Mic drop. Boom. Well, so those are really the signs that we look for when we're first talking to somebody. We can usually spot metabolic resistance based on just somebody's history with dieting and like what they're currently struggling with. Are they able to lose weight? Have they struggled to lose weight? But when we have somebody come in as a client and maybe things were looking good initially, but as we get going, we're seeing their bodies not responding the way it should be. Or maybe we're going through just some initial um, metabolic reset practices to try and help them reset their metabolism, but we're not seeing their metabolism respond the way it should be. Then in those cases, we don't guess, we test. This is where I think we really stand out from other types of coaching companies is we actually have the ability to order essentially any type of lab work needed, anything from a GI map, a school, a stool test to a, a urine test, a Dutch test to typical blood work, really anything we need. We can even order a la carte of like, if we just need one specific thing for blood work, we can get that. But that's where we can really dig in and find the root cause issue of what actually is causing the metabolic resistance and then create protocols specifically for that to correct it. Because nobody, and I want to emphasize this, nobody is stuck with metabolic resistance. It is always in every single case reversible. We just have to do the right things for your body. And sometimes it takes time to figure out what that is. So the fastest way we can figure it out is through lab testing. And there's a few things that we typically look for, like some, of course, there's a million factors. Really, when we're digging into something like a Dutch test, we're even looking at like the pathways of different hormones. We're looking at just free hormones versus bound hormones. Like there's things very, very intricate that we look at. It's like a little puzzle, basically, right? It is a right? puzzle. It is. It's super, super interesting. But high level, there's a few things that we look for on tests that can point out metabolic resistance. So the first one, and what I see really, really often is low cortisol. This is something that if you've been listening to the podcast, you'll remember that I dealt with this myself. Low cortisol is also a symptom of adrenal fatigue. So when the body is under stress, cortisol is low. And this can be confusing because cortisol itself is the stress hormone. So you might be like, shouldn't cortisol be high if the body is under stress? And the thing is, when metabolic resistance first begins, that's usually because stress is high and your body is producing a lot of cortisol. It's producing more and more and more cortisol until it almost essentially like shuts down. It breaks. However, you know, we get to this place where it's just been elevated chronically for a period of time. It's going so high that then it dips down and ends up below the range that we want it to be. That's where I was at a year ago when we tested and found that my cortisol was super, super low. It was flatlined. Can you talk a little bit more, Vanessa, on stress and cortisol levels? Because I know sometimes one of the conversations that I've had in the past are like, people are like, no, like I meditate or I go for walks. Like I you just know, don't I, feel stress. Exactly. And, yeah. and, and my point being is it's like, okay, Totally get that. That's awesome that, you know, you're not necessarily feeling stress, right? But let's talk about the dieting uh, situation, the dieting history that you've got going on. What have you been trying and starting and trying to, you know, do over and over? And they're like, well, I've lost, regained weight, you know, three times in the last three years. Um, 
but yet I'm not feeling stressed. So it's not my cortisol levels. Can you talk about how like you starting, stopping this, you know, weight loss cycle over and over is actually putting stress on your body and what yeah, that does to your cortisol Yeah, there's a big level? difference between perceived stress and physiological stress. So a lot of people mistake these because they might be like, well, I don't feel stressed. I don't think I'm stressed. And you might actually be stressed because you might not perceive it to be stressed because you might have been in this state for so long that it's just your normal. Becomes a norm. You yeah. don't even recognize any different. And that's why looking biologically at symptoms of the body, we can identify is the body stressed? Is the body physiologically stressed? And if you're not losing body fat, that is a symptom that your body is physiologically stressed because body fat storage is a body's protective mechanism against stress. Yeah. That is how that works. If you, you know, think back to like caveman days, if the caveman is out running around and suddenly now he's being attacked by a bear, the body in that moment is not being like, I'm going to burn some body fat right now. No, the body's like, I got to protect this myself. I need to call on these body fat stores and make sure I can burn some body. Like <laughs> I need to make sure I can stay alive. Yeah. And so if you are eating food before that, your body, it's in this stress state, it's going to actually take that food and really absorb it as body fat. It's not going to want to just burn it right yeah. away. It wants to save it for the next time you're running from a bear. Yeah. And, and to my point being is, you know, sure, you might not feel like you're stressed. You might just feel busy with what you've got going on at work, at home and stuff like that. But the fact that you're putting your body through a lot of these fad diets like keto, like Optavia, like intermittent fasting, you're it's putting your body in a stressful state. So while you might not be feeling stressed, your body is, right? Which is why it's holding on to all of these stubborn body fat cells ultimately making weight loss that much harder for you. And and it's so hard sometimes to kind of explain this to people because like, I don't feel stressed. I don't know what you're talking about, but I've got two kids at home. My job is crazy. And, you know, I've been trying to lose the last 10 pounds for the last year. And it's like, well, you might not feel stressed, uh, which that's a whole different rabbit hole, but you know, your body is perceiving that stress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Losing body fat is while it can be healthy in many cases, it's still a stressful just reaction for the body because you letting go of these storage of just essentially this protective mechanism, that's a stressful thing for the body. And so that's why we have to go through weight loss very strategic, very methodical to make sure that we don't overstress the body in that process. And so that it's sustainable too, so that you can lose it and keep it off. Exactly. But let's move on. So some other levels that we look for when we're looking at labs is low leptin. This also can be called leptin resistance. So leptin, it's a very, very important hormone. It's one that controls your food intake and your energy expenditure by essentially communicating from the fat cell to the brain. So if we have low leptin levels or just essentially like an even just an inability to use leptin appropriately, This is super, super, super common from people who have done crash diets where they've lost a good bit of weight in a short period of time. And then typically they regain that weight. That really often leads to low leptin levels. And it's really something to look out for. Low thyroid is also something we look for. And I think a lot of times people typically like to blame the thyroid when they're like, oh, I can't lose weight. It's because my thyroid. And a lot of times you'll hear that from doctors where they'll be like, oh, sorry, you have hypothyroidism. Like you're just, you're going to struggle to lose weight. And that is not necessarily true. We just have to make sure that we are going about your protocols the right way for your thyroid. But when it comes to the thyroid, you know, T4 and T3, these thyroid hormones, they talk to the cells in the body. So you'll often hear me say like the thyroid is essentially like the master metabolism regulator. It's like pulling all the strings to really regulate your metabolism as a whole and all the just the different functions of the body that go into that. So T4 and T3, these are hormones that the thyroid produces that helps talk 
to the different cells in the body. So you can see how this affects your ability to store body fat, to burn body fat, different things like that. They also, um, they play a role not just in your metabolism as a whole, but they play a role in other parts of your body that does also have a chain reaction effect on your metabolism. So your thyroid hormones, they affect your menstrual cycles, your, um, your bowel movements, your bowel regularity, your, like your mood, and just like so many different things that do also affect your ability to burn body fat. So in metabolic resistance, super, super common to see low T4 and low T3. Interesting. I didn't know that. I mean, I, I'm very new to a lot of this stuff, so it's very interesting to yeah. hear. Yeah. And it doesn't have to necessarily mean that you have hypothyroidism. So like a lot of doctors, they'll be like, oh, you know, you're struggling to lose weight. Let's pull some basic labs. And all they pull is TSH. TSH just shows us like a little bit of a glimpse into the window of what's happening in the thyroid. It doesn't really tell us that much. It can tell you like, like doctors can use it to diagnose hypothyroidism, but it's not going to help majority of the population who isn't necessarily hypothyroid, but does have a sluggish thyroid. Like this is me, for example, on my most recent labs, it showed that my T3 was a little bit sluggish. I don't have hypothyroidism. I never have. But if I didn't do something to correct that, like I currently am doing, and I let that go on, that could lead to hypothyroidism down the road. Exactly. Um, Another thing we look for is low testosterone. So this one, surprisingly enough, it's actually common in both men and women who have metabolic resistance. Um, it doesn't, low testosterone is one that I'm pointing out here of like super common for metabolic resistance. But one thing to also point out is that we also can see high testosterone when it comes to women who have PCOS. Um, next thing that I'd like to look for is our ratios of progesterone to estrogen. So if we have an imbalance between the ratios there, that's something we want to look out for. And this is something that a lot of doctors tend to overlook where they just look at the levels of each one individually. And they'll be like, okay, progesterone, it's in range. Estrogen, like, yeah, it's in range, but they don't look at the two and do the calculation to actually see is our ratio balanced, which is super, super, super important importance. And then to, to your point there, correct me if I'm wrong, Vanessa. So, you know, what is within range for you might not mean that it's optimal, right? Exactly. Meaning like what's in range for you might be different than what should be in range for me. So that's where like that, you know, uh, personalized approach, having somebody look at your labs based on what it is that you're experiencing that has more in-depth knowledge is, is also a big difference maker. Am I right there? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's super common, like typically we'll see progesterone is too low in relativity to estrogen. And that that can happen as a result of chronic dieting. It can happen as a result of being on birth control for a long time. It can be from overtraining in the gym. It can be from a high stress lifestyle, you know, a lot of work stress, family stress, money stress. Um, It can be really come from a lot of different things. Then the last thing that I like to look for is immune system overdrive. So in metabolic resistance, the levels of stress that the body is under, it can actually drive the immune system into essentially an overactive state. This is also something that I dealt with, where if I think back to before I had really done some labs, I had, I would just get sick all the time and I never really thought much of it. I'm just like, oh, I'm just, I have a weak immune system. Ha ha. <laughs> is like, that what you said to yourself? Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like I'd say that to you because you're like, I never get sick. And I'm like, I just have a weak immune system. Ha ha. Ha ha. I didn't that's, know this actually. This is interesting. Yeah. So your immune system is so, so important when it comes to your metabolism. 
if you have immune system that is overactive, your body essentially starts to attack things. It starts to attack food that you're eating. It starts to attack um, different chemicals. It starts to attack your own organs. That's where you can end up with like your thyroid being attacked. And that, that's called Hashimoto's where your body's attacking your own thyroid. Um, there's a lot of different things. And that can essentially cause you to even down the road develop an autoimmune disorder. So if we let this go on too long, it can really become an issue. And a big thing to understand is that 70% of the immune system is housed in the gut, meaning that you have this essentially like intersection of metabolic disturbances within the gut in the immune system. So it's just super, super important of like all these different systems within your body are interconnected. So yes, I'm talking about different levels of like specific things that we might look for, but all of this is linked, you guys. And that is why this all affects your metabolism. When we talk about the metabolism, of course, we might refer to something like very simple to understand of like, how many calories do you burn? But your metabolism itself, it really is all of these systems working together. It's your thyroid, your adrenals, your liver, your gut, everything just really working in tandem together and working smoothly and able to use hormones appropriately and be able to just all function just beautifully together. And typically there's at least one thing off. And if you let that thing be off for too long, it's going to have a chain reaction of other things are going to be off too. So we, we, like I mentioned before, we do this type of testing within our coaching company. It's something I think that makes us really, really special is that we have an in-house specialist who can pull these labs. It's incredible at reading them, helping our clients understand them, empower them with that knowledge. Um, so like I was talking about in the beginning of this, um, the podcast here, when you asked me about my ski experience, the point of that story was I reached out for help. Yeah. I was stuck. I was about to say like, oh, skiing just isn't for me. And yet I was like, you know what? I'm actually going to get a second opinion here. I'm going to work through this and give myself a shot. So many women get to a point in their lives where they've done diet after diet and they eventually decide weight loss isn't for me. I just need to accept the way I feel in my body. I just need to accept that this is how it'd be forever. Every day I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be unhappy with my clothes on. Okay. Every time a camera comes out, I'm going to have to hide from the camera because I don't want to see myself. Every time, you know, once I start having kids, I'm just going to gain weight because that's what happens when I become a mom. And women just start to accept these stories that they're telling themselves. But the reality is most of the time, you just need to work with a specialist who can help you identify the root cause issue and help you fix that and empower you with that knowledge so that you can have the body that you want. So I would encourage you, if this is something you're interested in, reach out to me. Um, I will drop a link in the show notes that you can just click on it and it'll take you directly to be able to message me. Just shoot me a message and we can just talk, see if there's anything that could be helpful for you, see how we could help you like no obligation. We just want to make sure that those people who are out there and are about ready to give up on themselves, we want to make sure that we give you that one last chance. Um, if you are wanting that advice of like what to do on your own outside of coaching, I am going to do a whole nother episode on what to actually do if you're dealing with metabolic resistance. If you're having these symptoms come up, I'll talk through some different action steps you can take. But before we close out, babe, anything I missed? No, I mean, you crush it. Um, the only thing I wanted to add was, um, you know, we don't ask for very much on the podcast. We don't have any ads because we don't, we're just trying to put out as much helpful information as we can. But if this resonates with you, or if you know of somebody that's in this situation, that's like, hey, 
before you give up, like reach out to somebody that can help you, please share this episode on your My Story or your Facebook or wherever you are on social media so that if anything, we can help spread the word around that there is an answer to a lot of this stuff that you don't have to be miserable in your body or uncomfortable in your body for the rest of your life. So that's the one thing. Please share this, um, you know, rate it, subscribe to it um, so that the uh, Spotify, Apple algorithm can help us push the podcast out because, um, you know, we, we, this is what we do, or this is what we ultimately need to be able to get the podcast out to as many people as we can. So if this, you know, resonated with you, if this helped you in any shape, uh, or way or form, please, uh, share this with your friends so that we can continue to, you know, expand the podcast and just share, you know, the message of how we can best help, um, or how to ultimately take care of your body going forward. Yeah. Well, that is all for this week. We will be back next week. Thanks for listening. If you learned something today, the best way to say thank you is to subscribe to the podcast and leave a five-star review in iTunes. And if this particular episode resonated with you, do me a favor and take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram story. Don't forget to tag me at Vanessa G Fitness so I can show you some love. All right, my carb queens, talk to you in the next episode.